Good morning, Twitter. I'm Isaac Fitzgerald, she's Chantal Rochelle, and you are watching AM to DM. Happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day! Look at us in red. Color coordinating and whatever. Mm, very you know, nice. You know what we do. How you doing? Are you good? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really um, excited to be hosting me with you. Me too. Happy, happy. So happy about it. All right, y'all. Let's kick off this Thursday with some joyful news. John Kubitschek, you tweeted, Tamar Braxton on Celebrity Big Brother. First black winner, first woman to receive a unanimous jury vote, first person to enter the house first and win, iconic queen and instant legend. Happy Black History Happy Month. Happy History Month, y'all. This yeah. February, we are taking any win we can. Okay, because it's been a little rough. Any good news. Yes. Explain to me, though, I'm not exactly a Big Brother watcher. Mm -hmm. Why is this big news? So this is huge news because Tamar is the first Black winner in the history of Big Brother in the past 20 years 20 to win. Years. Okay, ever. okay. And also, there's this thing called the first to enter curse. She was the first person to enter the house, and they've never won. So she's the first person in their house to win. So she's the first person to win, and she's breaking down yes. like that curse. Yes, and okay. also, she gave us all the content we needed. She gave us the memes. She gave us the drama. She gave us all the faces. <laughs> she, she Really, what really brought people to the show is just seeing Tamar all over their timeline. She was a gym. Okay. She was really her. good at it. She, she was, was like really a fan good. favorite. Yeah, and she played both sides. She was really good at the game. So, uh, yeah, people loved her and kudos to you Tamar. Were, were you like were you like oh rooting I was for invested her? I was so excited for her I like I like my jaw dropped I was oh, so good I'm so happy yeah, so, a little joy in February we stand all right y'all well moving from history making news to the topic everyone is talking about right now it's Valentine's Day and my man my man Isaac over here tweeted oh. look I know it's easy to hate on Valentine's Day but if you just treat the day as a celebration of making out and love in all its complex forms, with bonus buying fun shit, only if you feel like it, it's a pretty damn good day. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm trying to lean into joy in 2019, lean into despite it, the think. fact that it tries to fight back. And I'm just saying, a little chocolate, little flowers. Chocolate covered strawberry. Mmm, delicious. What's to hate? I love it so much. Okay, so you love Valentine's Day too. I love too. Valentine's Day. Self-love, I take myself on dates, I look at myself in the mirror like, damn girl, you're looking <laughs> good today. It's all about just loving yourself and loving those around you. Whether you have a loved one or not, just embrace it. Just embrace it. Like, yeah. like we're saying, there are many forms that love exactly. can take. I like that. You, like, do you take, your, you take yourself out? Yeah, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you going to order? Like, I really, <laughs> I, do, I, I do a bit much. I do too much. I really like it. Listen, I bought myself a little jewelry recently. I get it. But let's take it to the timeline. We want to know the best or worst Valentine's Day you've ever had. Let us know using the hashtag AM2. I once brought a date to Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Beth, I'm sorry. I, it was not a good one. It was not oh, great. Man. But listen, the story that took over the timeline last night was Ryan Adams. The New York Times tweeted, for decades, Ryan Adams has heralded as a musical genius, but seven women and over a dozen associates say he has a pattern of manipulative behavior, dangling career opportunities while simultaneously pursuing female artists for sex. He has denied the claims. New York Times reporter Joe Coscarelli tweeted, for years, Ryan Adams has used his influence in music to lure in and emotionally torment women. Elena Rizik and I talked to some, including Mandy Moore, Phoebe Bridgers, and a young woman who says her sexual text with Adams while she was underage killed her dreams. New York Times reporter Milena Rizik joins us now. Good morning, Milena. Good morning. So let's start with the young woman who, in your piece, you call Ava. What was her relationship with Ryan Adams like? They started communicating on Twitter. That's where they met in 2013. She was 14. She was a bassist. And unlike a lot of 
teenagers, she actually was already gigging. She was making her dream come true. She was playing gigs, even in New York. And uh, when Ryan and she started communicating, they first started sending DMs about music. That's kind of what his uh, pattern was. And then their uh, conversations turned sexual. And eventually they started to have Skype conversations and Skype uh, sessions where at one point he um, exposed himself to her during phone sex. I think what the saddest part of the story is, is that, you know, for her, music was really her passion. And um, in the aftermath of these experiences, she felt like she didn't really want to pursue it anymore because she was worried that she was going to have to be sexually objectified or have to sleep with people to, to get ahead. So after all of this, she never played another gig. Wow. So these claims are basically not new. And many people may have forgotten that Adams was married to Mandy Moore. What are Mandy's Moore's claims against Adam? Yeah, they were married for for almost six years uh, when Mandy met him. You know, we think of her now as as a as an actress, of course, as a TV star, and she was acting then too. But she was really she started out as a singer, and when they met, they actually met on tour, and they connected again over music. Um, when they married, he said to her, "You know, I'm going to help you with your next album." She was at a critical point in her career where she was sort of transitioning from her teen pop years to being a sort of more mature artist. And you know, all the promises that he made to her as a songwriter and producer were really appealing. They wrote songs together, but he never recorded them, although he promised to take her into the studio. He also belittled her talents. He, he told her, you know, you're not a real artist because you don't play an instrument. And that's the kind of thing that she came to consider emotionally abusive and psychologically damaging. And, you know, it's one of those things that, that really kills people's confidence in their, in their work and their sense of self as an artist. And um, it was really damaging to her uh, as her musical career. Now this piece kind of released another album after uh, after their marriage, and and that was a fascinating bit of the story to me. Um, and also this this piece kind of came together. You said at the end of the piece uh, because these women found each other and started connecting. What other patterns did you see with the other women that you talked to uh, in their relationship to Ryan Adams? I think what we saw over and over again was that he would use his artistic credibility, his stature in the music industry. You know, he's not just uh, an artist. He's also a producer. He has his own label and studio. And so he would find artists, especially young women artists, and he would say to them, you know, come to the studio. And then when they get, they would get there, you know, we had uh, Phoebe Bridgers, who was, uh, who was an artist who was 20 when she met him. She came to his, his studio, Pax Am in LA. She played a song for him and he was like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're the next Bob Dylan. I'm going to record you. We're going to put out a seven inch. You're going to open for me on tour. And um, while he was doing that, he was pursuing her sexually. So they ended up having uh, a sexual relationship. While that was going on, he started to become emotionally abusive and harassing. He sent her, you know, dozens of texts that were demanding that she leave social situations to talk to him. And if she didn't respond quickly enough, he would uh, threaten suicide. So she ultimately broke off the relationship. And when that happened, he revoked some of the things that he had promised those professional opportunities. He became evasive about releasing her record and um, canceled the tour opportunity. Oh. Hang on a second. Seems like we have a little bit of a delay. I'm just going to... Listen, we're going to tweet but this... Even after they broke by. Okay, hang on. Sorry. We're still experiencing a little bit of a delay. Do we have you? I'm here. Okay. I just wanted to ask uh, real quick, has there been a statement from Ryan Adams? Ryan, you know, in our story, he denied the uh, allegations against him and most stridently denied the allegations of the underage 
woman, um, the teenager with whom he had a relationship, although we viewed thousands of messages between them, um, including 3,217 messages that they exchanged when she was 15 and 16, some of which were explicit. Uh, and he said he didn't recall any of those messages and would never have knowingly had a, a sexual relationship with someone underage. And, you know, about the other allegations, about the claims that he that he hurt people's careers or, or stifled their ambition, he said, you know, he didn't do that. That was a mischaracterization of those relationships. All right. Well, thank you so much, of course, Milena, for your reporting on this and for your and Joe's story. Thank you. And we are going to obviously be tweeting that story out right now. If you didn't have time to read it last night, I recommend you read it this morning. Yes, definitely. Well, as BuzzFeed News tweeted this morning, everything about date rape drug tests, from the way they are performed to how the results are interpreted, is deeply unreliable. So why does the legal system treat them like gospel? BuzzFeed News investigative reporter Rosalind Adams, who wrote this story, joins us now. Good morning, Rosalind. Hi, how are you? We're doing all right. I'm so glad that this story came out today. I know that you've been working on it for a very long time. Uh, I want to start here. What is so unreliable about date rape drug tests? Well, I, I really think there's sort of a misunderstanding of how much science can do um, to solve crimes. And, um, you know, from the very beginning, when a victim first is deciding to um, report, um, you know, she's immediately facing obstacles in how, how effective a toxicology test can be. Um, while she's deciding, the body is actively breaking down drugs. Um, and so really what labs are tasked with, if they do get blood and urine samples, is that they're looking for incredibly small amounts of drugs. Um, they're super difficult to find, um, and it depends on the type of technology a lab is using. And then when we started looking at labs across the country, we realized um, how many variations there were in terms of um, what drugs they're looking for and the amount that constitutes a positive result in that drug. Um, so, you know, you could have a very small amount of a drug in your system and one lab could say you are positive for this drug and another lab could say you're negative because it doesn't meet their threshold of what a result is. Um, so by the time that result comes back and gets to investigators and prosecutors, um, they don't always have all that information um, and all they're seeing is something on a piece of paper that says negative. And, you know, we are really trusting of science um, without understanding all of the obstacles that can come into play along the way. Oh, wow. So intense. Now, your story opens up with a pretty intense and terrifying case out of West Virginia. So can you tell us what exactly happened there? Yeah. Um, so Kendall is a teenager in West Virginia. She's a senior in high school. Um, she went to a party on a Saturday night, um, you know, like any teenager had a couple drinks, was with, um, friends. Um, her friend that she was with said she didn't seem too drunk. She'd only seen her have a couple drinks. Um, she loses track of her friend. Um, and you know, only 20 minutes later finds her passed out. Um, her pants are pulled down. This significantly older man, um, is on top of her. His pants are also, also pulled down. Um, and I think, you know, what's really devastating about this case is how many things went wrong. She never really got great drug testing. Um, her friends did the right thing and immediately got her to a hospital. Um, and, you know, like victims of sexual assault, you know, are dealing with, she doesn't become conscious until she's 
in the hospital. She's confused. Um, and, uh, she at first, um, says she doesn't want a, a rape kit. So they don't test her urine for drugs. They look for, you know, STDs and, um, and just pregnancy. Um, and a couple hours later, her dad gets her to a second hospital. Um, and she talks to the police there. Um, and she recalls that she had seen this man put a pill in somebody's drink. It turned out he had a prescription for sleeping pills. Um, so there the, the hospital does a full exam. Her blood and urine does go to the state lab. Um, but in West Virginia, um, they don't test urine. They only test blood and you just have a much greater chance of finding something um, in the urine when there's a delay involved. Um, you know, she got to the hospital, she got to two hospitals, you know, pretty quickly within 12 hours, but still the body's breaking those drugs down. Um, so her urine was never tested. Only her blood was tested. Um, her urine was sent untested back to the lab. Um, you know, at BuzzFeed, what we decided to do was, was uh, fight or get the sample from out of police custody and we got it tested. Um, but from when the time it had left the lab, it was sitting unrefrigerated, unstored in this local police station. It had never been tested. It had been now two years um, since the sample was taken. So it was also negative. And I think, you know, what's really unfortunate is she still just doesn't know exactly what happened um, because of all these different things that happened along the way. Because of Even all... With because yeah. of all these different things that happen along the way. So I wanted to ask you, Rosalind, one quick question before we let you go. What would you like yeah. to see change? Because you're talking about how police departments take the, the, these, these tests like gospel. What would you like to see change yeah. moving forward? Um, you know, I, I really think, you know, as one of the, you know, there is a federal agency that's moving to standardize labs um, to make it more consistent what these labs are looking for. I think also... Um, police departments have to just not solely rely on um, toxicology results um, and, you know, understand that a negative result doesn't mean somebody wasn't drugged. It could mean they didn't test for the right drug. It could mean there wasn't enough drug in their system. And you have to look for, you know, all these other things like symptoms and, and considering other ways to, to look at what really happened. Well, this is quite the story and one we will definitely be sure to continue following. Thank you so much for joining us, Rosalind. Thanks so much, guys. And that story as well, we will be tweeting it out right now. Listen, we do have another great show for you today. I basically get drunk with Christy Brinkley. It's pretty fun. Uh, and Chantal is celebrating Black Love with Drea Roland, which is going to be wonderful. Also, Sylvia O'Bell is going to be in the mix. We've got a good one for you today. But first is Fire Tweets. All right, welcome back. Let's get into these fire tweets. Ian Harris, you tweeted, when you're late for work, just walk in fast and fake mad. What a fucking morning. I can't relate. I can't never relate. do it. Never, never do it. Never yeah. done it, right? I have anxiety about, anxiety about being late, so can't relate. <laughs> do you really? Are you always I on time? I am so serious. I cannot be late. I oh, cannot. I was joking. Okay. I think I do that I all the time. I can't do it. I can't. Oh, all that's right. good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. All right. All right, next tweet. Johnny to Tsunami, great name, tweeted, you ever look at someone's pick and think to yourself, I just know you stink. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yes, indeed. Been there. 
<laughs> you do judge books by their I covers. Mean, not all the time, but when I feel like, you know, you haven't really laddered a bit, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to say, what's happening here? Yikes. What if you saw this? Post Malone, sorry. Oh, oh wow. Okay. The ghetto preacher tweeted Kids nowadays wake up and check their phone, then screenshot the school closings to their parents. Our generation had to wake up early and watch the news to see our school like the NFL draft. Yeah. Do you remember? Are yes, you, yes. You just sit there in front we of the TV. You literally be like, is it us? Is it coming up? Just the names yes. of the schools? You're yes. just like, come on, come yeah. on. Yeah, my mom on. was like, I don't care if you have school or not, you're going to do some work today. <laughs> That's what my mom said. All right. Shout out to my mom. Anywho. Next up, Aries tweeted, I want to be 16 again and ruin my life differently. I have new ideas. Same. Yeah, right? Yeah. I could do something else. Yeah, I would too. I could bank robbing, maybe. Okay, you know, do a little, you know, crazy things here and there. You know, skip school, be late. Who knows? (laughs) Tell your mama you're not going to work on a snow day. Talk back to her. You never know. All right, you ready for this tweet of the day? I'm sorry, you got All right, tweet of the day comes from Panic at the Disco. Y'all hate Valentine's Day because you're single? Fucking grow up and have sex with your friends like everyone else. Happy Valentine's Day! I'm just saying, it's a good message. You know, know, live your best life. Live your Lean into your truth. Self-love. Self-love, love love your friends, do what you gotta do today. All right, y'all, in case you missed it, AM to DM has been nominated for a Shorty Award. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need you to go to their website and vote AM to DM for best web series. The link is below, but we are also going to tweet it out. So go vote right now. And just for the record, you can vote every day. I'm just, I'm not encouraging you, to, but you could vote every day. If you want to like set an alarm on your phone, vote every day. Coming up, you get to see my interview with Christy Brinkley. But up next, we are going live from the district. Welcome back. We're going live from the district. Here's a tweet from Zoe Tillman. A judge has found that Paul Manafort lied to investigators after signing his plea deal. She ruled that special counsel Robert Mueller's office established a preponderance of the evidence that Manafort intentionally made false statements. And Ashley Feinberg put it another way. Have we considered that maybe Paul Manafort is like the bus in speed and if he ever stops doing crimes, he'll explode? BuzzFeed News Capitol Hill reporter Emma Loop joins us now. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. Okay, so what is the judge saying Paul Manafort lied about this time? So apparently he lied about his communications with a man named Konstantin Kalimnik, who's kind of this Russian operator that the FBI has said has ties to Russian intelligence. And his lies also pertain to another DOJ investigation that we don't know the details of yet. Oh, wow. Now, Emma, why would he lie when he already made a plea deal? You know, that's a great question, and that's one you'll have to ask Paul Manafort. It seems like a very bad idea. (laughs) It's almost like he loves lying and he loves doing crimes. Is this, what's it going to mean for him? Might this mean more jail time? It very well could. It could affect his sentencing um, because, you know, prosecutors don't need to be quite as lenient as they promised they would be as part of the plea deal. They had said that they would, you know, exert leniency. And now they don't have to do that. So this definitely could lead to more jail time for Paul Manafort. Wow. So what's next for Manafort? Do we know when he'll be sentenced? That'll probably be in the weeks ahead, uh, but it's not looking very good for him in terms of, uh, you know, leniency and sentencing. All right. Well, here's a tweet from CNN's Manu Raju. Just after midnight when most lawmakers are sleeping, the one 
1,159-page spending bill has been released, providing $22.5 billion in overall border security with $1.375 billion for 55 miles of new barriers at the border. Congress will pass it in just a matter of hours. Now, Emma, that was a lot of words, <laughs> a lot of numbers. So what happened? <laughs> So late last night, they came out with the final version of the deal. The chairwoman came out of committee and she had it printed and it was about half the size of her. She's fairly petite and was carrying this giant stack of papers. It was pretty funny. Uh, and so they've, they've come to a deal that includes $1.3 billion for border security measures, including funding for 55 miles of fencing along the southern border, uh, which is, of course, not a wall and not the whole border, but it's something that'll probably get enough support from Republicans to pass and get the support of the president so that he signs it into law. Okay, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I wanted to ask, is Trump gaining anything here? Did the 35, 36-day shutdown lead to any gains? I mean, this is less money than what he was offered previously, and he's getting 55 miles of a fence along the southern border, not a massive concrete border wall like he wanted that is going to be paid by Mexico. You know, this is the U.S. government that's paying for this, the American people, and it's 55 miles of a fence. So it's not exactly what he, uh, what he wanted initially, but you know what? That's the art of the deal. <laughs> Very good out of the deal, Oh, joke. man. Now, knowing that anything can change, what does Congress's schedule look like today? So the Senate will vote on this probably this afternoon, uh, vote on it fairly quickly, and then it'll go over to the House, and they're not going to take a vote on it until later today. Several members are um, attending funerals, actually, of former members of the House, and so they're going to take that vote later today, probably to give everyone time to get back from those events. Um, they'll take the vote, and then it could head to the president's desk by later tonight. Okay, so it could head to the president's desk later tonight. Emma, I just want to ask... Is there like an event horizon? Is there a time when we will know whether we're going into another shutdown or not? I mean, I think, I think it'll pass the Senate. All indications show that it will. And, and it'll certainly pass the House because it has, you know, enough Democratic support. Um, so I think, you know, the Senate vote will be key. But again, there's no indication that this isn't going to get enough support from anyone. Um, so I think it's, it's pretty much smooth sailing from here, hopefully. Knock on wood three times, please, Emma. But thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. All right, up next, you get to see my Valentine's Day sit down with model and actress Christy Brinkley. We drink a little bit of champagne. Stay tuned. I got some more. We could just, yeah, we could just. This is The Sit Down, and I'm here with supermodel Christy Brinkley, the newest judge on American Beauty Star and just an icon. Thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. We're thrilled to have you. <laughs> now, listen, on this new show, basically, down the runway comes incredible model looks, incredible yes. makeup, incredible yes. hair, and you have to judge them. Yes. What do you look for? You know, that's, that's the tough part is that, you know, how can you develop a criteria when you can use makeup for everything, for every occasion? So, you know, what might be great for a runway show isn't what you would want to wear for every day. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really hard. So they create specific challenges to try to narrow it down and, um, and you know, help you 
in the judging. In the judging. Which is hard. Because you're not put on the spot. It's right, because I'm sure you absolutely want to be encouraging and love. Yes. Like, what's your judging style, would you say? Well, first I try to find something that's good about what they've done so they can bring the rest of it up to that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then sometimes you just have to hope that the advice that you give is going to be helpful in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I never want to crush anybody or make them feel like they're going to give up on this, you know. Like, like, like somebody walking, makeup's no longer an art to me. I'm never yes. touching makeup again. Yes. You don't yes. want to be the person that you does that. No, no, no. Who, who? want to be an encouraging yet honest judge. I think that's fair, and that sounds lovely. <laughs> who is the mean judge, though? Who's like the Simon Cowell? Well, I think you, Sai, is aiming for that. Okay. You know, I think he, he kind of likes being really just like, you know, whatever comes into his head saying it. Um, and I think um, Ashley also can be very like, excuse me, you know, like she'll, <laughs> she, if somebody's having, having a bad attitude, for mm -hmm. instance, she'll be like, um, excuse me. Uh, but listen, you're very busy. It is New York Fashion Week this week, of yes. course, and you were walking on the runway yourself at the Ellie Tahari show. Yes, with, with my daughter. With your daughter, Sailor. Sailor. What yeah. was that like? You know, I, I honestly didn't expect it to be like the, the emotional experience that it was. Mm -hmm. But it, 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 it honestly turned into quite a moment. And um, what you're seeing right now is just the rehearsal, mm -hmm. right? The room mm -hmm. is empty. And we sort of high-fived each other. And Ellie Tahari said, I like that. It was natural. It was great. Do that again during the show, right? So during the show, I, come, I said to him, I said, Ellie, there is no way I'm going to be able to keep, like, the model face, you know, walking down the runway. Because when I come around the corner, I see my baby coming towards me. And it's like, oh, that's my baby. And she's and, doing such a you good know, job. And she's like, and she's got her game on face. And she's got the strut. And it's just like, oh, my God. And I'm beaming, right? But And then I come around the corner, though, and everybody cheered like I got a cheer I got like this really lovely cheer That's from incredible. people in my industry and everything and I was so surprised by that uh -huh. that I kind of completely forgot about Sid. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like going, oh, oh, oh. You were like, I am back in the like, center. Yeah, yes. Sailor went, excuse me, mom. And she walks by, she's like, mom, uh, you know. And I went, oh, right. Did you, get the, did you get the high five in? We just got it in there. And then I swiveled around to like, uh, and then, and then um, I managed to regroup and make it to the end of the runway and back. But That's such a beautiful moment. Very emotional. It was kind of like I felt like I should have had a baton and been handing it off. And kind know? of passing it off. And that. But that said, I love that the focus was on you. Like the Ellie Tahari show, do you think you'd like to see more moments like that? This is an industry that has a lot of ageism. Yes. And do you think that that was a way of tackling that? Oh, definitely. That was Ellie's intention. Mm -hmm. You know, he wanted to show that Clothes are for women, and there's no there's no rules like you you have to now that you're in your 60s, Christy. You have to have your him here. If you you know want, put it here. Mm -hmm. And and clothes are for every woman, and you you kind of know 
you know, what works on you mm -hmm. and, you know, and so he wanted to, to show that and be like inclusive and it was great. Is it, is, is, does it feel good? Like you've just been in the game for so long. Does it feel good to see some of those rules maybe go, go away? Oh, does it feel yes. free for you? Yes. Yeah. It's it's great. Our industry is so beautiful right now. It's our industry has never been so inclusive. Mm. So you know every race, color, creed, uh, age, size. Um, you know everybody can look at a show now and uh, and see themselves. Um, it, you know uh, people with different abilities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's we're we're really making sure that everybody feels represented. And that is the most beautiful thing that our industry has ever put out there. Absolutely, because it's reflecting the real beauty that is truly yes. out there everywhere. I absolutely yes. love that, Christy. I, I do too. I do, I do want to, like I almost want to celebrate with you right now, yes. which leads in very yes. nicely to the fact that you have a new aperitif line called Bella Spriz. Bella Spriz. It's Bella Spriz because we're sort of, it's a, it's the first line after two years ago I launched with my Bellissima, Ooh. my Bellissima Prosecco, uh -huh. um, and which Bellissima in Italian means most beautiful. So it's for life's most beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and all about you creating beautiful moments in your life. We've got to capture those moments and we've got to celebrate them. And now Bella Spriz, so Bella is beautiful. Uh -huh. um, and Spriz are the drinks of the moment. Spritz or Spriz. Oh, hang on. I do uh, I don't get to meet you every day. So <laughs> I want to celebrate. Let's bring some let's bring someone yes. on. This is our man Frank. Okay. Frank's got a little bit. Now, cheer. Ooh, cheers. Valentine's Day lighting. Yes. Oh, this, what, are, what am I drinking here? This is the perfect drink for Valentine's Day because you know how people like to give out sweets. Mm. This one is called, this mm. is an elderflower, Bellispra's elderflower. That's one of the trendiest drinks in Europe right now. And of course, the royal wedding, they had the elderflower wedding mm. cake, which is basically taking elderflower mm -hmm. and pouring it over your cake. Here's our beautiful Bellispra's bottle. Excellent. That's our elderflower. This is my, oh, this is my zero sugar Prosecco. Oh, okay. The unique That's a little bit for me. Only. That's a little bit for me, I like that. It is, and it is delicious. And we take the sugar out, but we leave all the buzz. All and the I good stuff. I know you guys love buzz. Yeah, right all here, the good right? stuff. Hang on, I want yours again. I'm loving this. This yeah, is very this delicious. Good? All right, mm. Ew. Mm. Very good. Now, oh. I'm gonna ask you to make another, because I know oh. you can make another cocktail here for us. This could and actually use a little touch more of that elderflower in it, but isn't it good? It's so good. Mm. Mm. So let's make this and other you make drink it here. With, with my zero sugar prosecco, and you're cutting down the calories right away. Which I now, deeply appreciate. Let's make let's make one of these right here. Signature yeah. color that mm -hmm. I'm talking about that you've seen half the price. Yeah. Of the competitors here. Yeah, I, I like the subtlety. So I like now, the viciousness. Again, again. Um, we have a glass with the ice already in it, uh -huh. and a little touch of club soda, which uh -huh. adds a little. Uh, extra sparkle or something. All right. Now I'm gonna go ahead and do it with our zero sugar. Just yeah. like pour, I'll say when. We're gonna kind of. We're gonna pour some it. in. Let's do Good. it. Stop. Love it. Okay. There you and are. I'm gonna do the same thing over here. Excellent. I think personally, there's too much water in this glass. Okay. I, I like what you're saying. You well, and I you speak have, the same right, language, Christy. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Who needs the water? All right. And this is the gorgeous color. Beautiful. And this, oh. This is really good. I'm and, so excited for this. I want to ask and, you one quick question while yeah. we cheers with these. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Valentine's Day memory? 
or maybe a least favorite Valentine's Day memory well, that you'd like to share with the something. class now that we're drinking? When you're drinking these, you're going to be creating new memories. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely mm. new memories for Valentine's Day. And what a how, beautiful plug. Isn't this like so perfect for Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. The color and everything. And how about that? I'm not going to let you off the hook, though. One Valentine's Day memory. Well, let me see. Or one Valentine's Day hope. Well, Valentine's Day memory. You know, gosh, you'd think with all the husbands I've had that there would be something that would come out there. No wonder, you know. They're all in the rearview mirror. You know. Because you don't got those memories. Here's to the next one. Amen. You know. You okay. heard it here. You yeah, heard it here first. Valentine's Day is all day, guys. <laughs> Valentine's Day is all day. Chrissy Brinkley, it was such a delight to meet you. Thank you for Great celebrating Valentine's Day. This is my Valentine's Day memory, so I deeply, deeply oh, appreciate it. Cheers oh, one last cheers time. to it. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much, Chrissy. <laughs> Listen, American Beauty cheers. Star is on Wednesdays on Lifetime. Do not miss it and stay tuned more. AM to DM in a moment. I'm gonna get my other cheers. 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 Happy cheers. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Mm. JM tweeted, I truly believe that since Valentine's Day is in February, it should be called Black Love Day. And I totally agree. Joining me now to celebrate Black Love Day is Drea Donna Rowland, writer and producer for Complex. Hello. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Chantal. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Black Love Day. Yes, Black Love Day. Yes. Indeed. And so with that in mind, Black Love is so complex, so beautiful. What makes Black Love so special? What a loaded question. What makes Black Love so special? Well, listen, we got Michael B. Jordan back on the Black side. You feel me? Like, mm -hmm. it's a strong thing. It's a strong force. Black Love is so special because it's, it's affirming. Mm -hmm. And for so long, it's, it's what sustained us. You know what I mean? Like, loving ourselves and loving each other is what gets us through. Absolutely. And to you, who is your favorite example of Black Love? What is, like, when you think of it, who comes yeah. to mind? Right now, the first couple that comes to mind, Sterling K. Brown and his wife, Ryan Michelle Bethe. Is that how you say <gasps> yes, it? Yes, yes. He calls her bird. Yes. I can't call her bird, but yeah, that's we can't. Yeah, bird. yes. I mean, I love that so much. And what, one thing I love about Sterling K. Brown is that the love that he has on screen and off screen. So, what like he so, claims his wife. He claims you know her, he saying? loves her. He, he reps for her. Yes, girl, get it. He loves her. <laughs> so, what to you, what's so special about seeing black love on TV and in movies? You know, um, I think there's a, a perception that the black family is falling apart or that black, you know, black men don't love black women. And so seeing these images kind of counter those notions. And also for me, I mean, and for a lot of people, it's aspirational. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a single woman. I'm looking for my king. <laughs> Hello. Hello. What are you at? Yeah. So these, and just seeing particularly that couple, how they support each other, their partners, their teammates, that is like very inspirational. Absolutely. And that yeah. narrative is so important because a lot of times we see this narrative that a lot of women have to go through the pain, the bad, to get to the good. And that it's not necessarily true. It's so not. how can we change that narrative? Wow, how do we change it? I think it's seeing more just grounded everyday love stories. You know what I mean? Even if you look at Insecure, like the way we root for Molly and Issa, it's because there's, there's like stuff that we're going through as millennial women, like they're avatars for us. You know what I mean? People, for some reason, it's easy to get like a black suffering story told, but there's so much more to us and we're so more com 
complex and multifaceted than that. So. Absolutely. We're yeah. so complex, so beautiful, so multi multifaceted. So when we think of black love, we also think of the movies, the TVs, the rom-coms, the iconic ones. Uh -huh. So on this Valentine's Day, Drea, and just in general, what rom-coms are you going to be watching? <sighs> what rom-coms am I going to be watching? Okay, we have to distinguish between like rom-coms and romance. Yes. Because a lot of the black movies ain't funny, but they touch my heart, you know? So... <laughs> The good one. So, like, Love Jones <laughs> yes. is my absolute favorite black romance mm -hmm. film. Um, also, one that I think is underrated, Medicine from Mel Melancholy. Yes, that's Medicine a good from one. Melancholy. Like the early Duvernay produced, uh, director, right? Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. corrected. Oh, yeah. Another uh, black king, yes. Yeah. And then also, I think we should talk about Boomerang. Mm. It's bringing back love, Black Love back as a TV show that premiered this week, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Yes, you know? yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if you could see your ideal Black rom-com, how would you create that? As a producer you are, what would you like to see on screen? What would I like to see on screen? You know, I want a rom-com... I want to see, like, a Danielle Brooks. Mm. Somebody who is beautiful, darker skin, fuller figure, looks like women I know and love, being swept off her feet, being pursued, being shown that she's deserving and worthy of love. So put her in a Kate Hudson role. Put her in a J-Lo role. You feel me? Just swap them out and swap Danielle in. That's what I want to see. Absolutely. I'm so here for this. I mean, Danielle Brooks is so perfect for it. Yeah. So if you saw the male, who would you match her with? Stephon James. Uh oh <laughs> Did you see a Bill Street I talk? did. Listen, the way he beheld Kiki Lane. okay. I was like, I want him to fall in love with me. I'm too. so sorry. I need to visit him in jail. I need to <laughs> bring him commissary. You know I got the phone, baby. Exactly. I got uh, money for the book. Absolutely. Same. I gotcha. I gotcha, <laughs> Stefan. Well, Joya, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Happy Valentine's Day. Happy and I hope you found your prince and your king soon. Peace. All right, y'all, let's take this to the timeline. Who do you think exudes black love? Let us know using the hashtag AM to DM. Up next, you know we gotta be a little messy on Valentine's Day. Isaac and Sylvia are talking celebrity exes. Welcome back. I'm here with Sylvia O'Bell for a little Valentine's Day game we're calling The X-Files. Mm. Okay, Sylvia, that's like basically all I know about what we're doing. <laughs> because I love quizzing Isaac on pop culture. He's so good at it. Okay, so here's how it works. <laughs> You're going to try to guess famous exes. Okay. I'm going to name the celeb. Okay. And in a multiple choice quiz, because I got you. I appreciate that. Um, You're going to try to tell me who they used to date. Okay. Not okay. your famous exes. No, not my famous exes. Celeb Keep those secrets. Got it, got yeah, it, okay. got it, got it. Okay. <laughs> and if you get more than two wrong, you have to tell an embarrassing story about love. So you have what? to try to win There's this. There's stakes There's to this? There's stakes. Okay. Okay. How okay. many questions to it? So, uh, it's out of five. So, best out of five. Okay. 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 It's time to play The X Files. That's <laughs> 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 so cute. Okay, first question. Okay. Let's get serious. Which of these men did Janet Jackson date? before her last marriage? A, Usher, B, Will Smith, or C, Jermaine Dupri? Okay, I know it's not Will Smith. Okay. Uh, see, here's the thing, I don't know a lot of things, but I'm a good test taker. <laughs> uh, it's not Will Smith. I'm gonna say not Usher, I'm gonna go with J J uh, Dupri. Yes! Mm. Okay. Playing the game, baby. Yes, they, they, they were so cute together. You know, Janet used to hit a whole marriage in the 90s, so it was real nice that she took him on red carpets. Do you remember I that? I remember that. <laughs> yes, okay. okay. Next question. Who did supermodel Giselle Bündchen date before marrying Tom Brady? Was it A, George Clooney, B, Leonardo DiCaprio, or C, Russell Crowe? 
I'm gonna go with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, the answer is uh, always Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm just, <laughs> when I, there's a I'm gonna mind my business. I almost said something, I'm gonna mind my business, <laughs> oh, but okay, I'm, uh, no, you I'm sure? minding my business. You sure? I'm my business. Okay. okay, okay, next one. I'm killing it. You are, I'm, listen. Which of these co-stars did Tom Cruise date? Penelope Cruz, Renee Zellweger, or Cameron Diaz? Are you kidding me? Nope, I am so sure. <laughs> <laughs> None of them's, uh, what's her face in the Irish film? That would film? be too easy. Nicole Kidman? What about that, Nicole Kidman? No, I can't. That would be twice. No, which uh, one Renee Zellweger. No. Uh, Not Jerry Maguire. It was Penelope Cruz. What? Cruz and Cruz was it, an era. They did, dated for a couple years what after. What was they their celeb on, nickname? They met on the set of uh, Vanilla Sky. It was back in 2001 before we did celeb nicknames, unfortunately. Oh, man. Cruising, cruising. <laughs> Vanilla Cruise. Sky. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Okay. I'm all right. I'm, all right. Right. I'm still in it. Which fellow actor did Sandra Bullock date? A, Hugh Jackman, B, Ryan Gosling, or C, Matt Damon? No D, none of the above? <laughs> I know it's not Hugh. I know it's not my man Hugh. Uh, 90s were wild times. Matt Damon. No. Oh, God, I started off so strong. <laughs> yeah. I started off so strong. Ryan Gosling. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting booed. You this is wild. Moved, this is wild. You got two in a row. Okay. Okay. Wow. I love this because it's the last one and it's all on <laughs> Isaac. Let's do this. Okay. 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 We're gonna bring it to modern day times. Which one of these women is not one of Big Sean's exes? <laughs> a. Janae Aiko. B. Ariana Grande. Or C. SZA. And we remind you, this is which one is not one of his exes. So two are, one is- Who's Big Sean? <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking, I'm joking. Is not one of his exes. In Black History Month, he's asking me for Big Sean. disrespect. I gotta guess, I gotta guess. Uh, Ariana Grande. No, they did. That was his uh, most famous ex. Well, what? one of them. Ariana, okay. That's what she answer, thinks about when she says Sean? Yes. Oh. Did you not listen to Thank You Next? I anyway, didn't listen to it. SZA is the correct answer. Oh. He never dated SZA. He dated both Ariana and Janae. Okay. Janae even got his face tattooed on her arm. What? When they were dating. And not dating anymore? They just, we figured out that they broke up when she covered it up. Do you, how, <laughs> the cover up, did she put like a top hat and like a little, <laughs> how'd she cover it up? What'd like a uh, like a star universe installation situation oh, that's on always the back good. of her Just arm. go with space. Yeah, just go just, with just space. Because she needs space. Yeah. Like the Ariana Grande song, nah, snap. I see, I see what you're doing. Okay, well, you lost. Embarrassing, embarrassing love story. I lost. Uh, I alluded to it at the beginning of the show. Uh, This is uh, probably my worst Valentine's Day memory. Uh, Not mine, actually. It's it's for the person. I I brought this uh, poor, poor woman uh, to see Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Okay, oh. at the movie theater on, I want to be very clear about this, on Valentine's Day, I thought this was a romantic date. I was a sophomore in college. We got there. Uh, the only place to sit was on the stairs in the movie theater. It was just filled with a bunch of nerd dudes who were really excited about it. I brought, I brought this poor woman. Uh, we sat on the stairs and watched Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Terrible movie if you've uh, yes. never experienced it. It's very bad. Uh, and, uh, and let me tell you, she uh, things didn't go long after ah. that. Woo! So sorry, Beth Connor. Uh, Listen, if you're single on Valentine's Day, it could be worse. <laughs> Do you have any plans today? Do you have any? No, just love 
one on me. That's what I like to say, Sylvia. All right. <laughs> Shout out to Sylvia for schooling me on my lack of pop culture. I really did start off strong, though. You did. When you it said, great. Oh, man, I was feeling good. All right. Mm, well, listen, thank you, Sylvia. Let's take it to the timeline. <laughs> Who are your favorite celebrity exes? Let us know using the hashtag AM2MessyValentine's Day. <laughs> Up next, Chantal and I are responding to some of your tweets. Oh, my God. Welcome back. We asked you to tell us your worst Valentine's Day stories. Lily says, I sent a happy Valentine's text to a guy I dated a few years back. He said, you too, my friend. A week later, he dumped me. <laughs> That's when you get the my friend. Listen, cold world out here, okay? You gotta do what you gotta do. Bring a jacket. Bring a jacket. Bring it's a little chilly a outside. <laughs> Catherine says, I do my taxes on Valentine's Day. That way I'm depressed about something else. Ooh. Damn, Catherine. Damn. I like I like that. That's like a life hack. Yeah, cold world indeed. I indeed. truly, I, I truly, truly appreciate just really that. Dig into the sorrow. Do you do you have one? I had to share my daredevil experience. Do you have any like kind like of a, bad? That V Day Day? Yeah. I told you this earlier, but when I was in the fifth grade, everyone got the um candy grams, but I didn't. I said, who did I hurt? Whose cat did I kick? I don't know what in happened. In the fifth grade? In the fifth grade. I said, Mom, what, what did you, what did I go wrong? What happened? Yeah, but what? Shouldn't it be mandatory that like you. everyone gets? Truly. I was the only one. I said, this is racist. I'm honest. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I'm, I'm calling out sharp. In so On your fifth grade class. <laughs> I did not get a camera. All right, Kirsten Baptiste had this to say about my interview with Christy Brinkley. What kind of root or whatever was put on Christy Brinkley? Because that heifer still look so good. And I can't believe you just made I'm me so read funny. that heifer. But uh, it was, she was really fun. Dude, they just called Christy Brinkley heifer. I was reading the tweet. Not I was you. reading the tweet. Yeah not, yeah, not you, Isaac, but whoa. She was fun. She was a lot of fun. She came to play. Are you, are you still tipsy, Isaac? Nah, you know, that was a that was a post date, but yesterday I sure was. Okay, that was but like, this moment, I feel like you still feel all right. I'm feeling it's all, just, right. all right. Just, I really like the moment she shared, though, where she was like the crowd loved me yes. and for a brief moment I just forgot about my daughter up there and how we we're gonna have a five five I like oh, it exactly oh man what a great interview alright y'all thank you to our guests Melina Isaac Rosalind Adams Emma Loop Christy Brinkley Drea Rowland and Sylvia Bell you and Drea's conversation was so oh, fantastic so good Sylvia yeah. just dunking on me that's <laughs> yeah. be expected yeah, anytime listen it's still Black History Month so tomorrow our host for our Blackout episode will be Hayes Brown and Sylvia O'Bell have a great rest of your day Okay.